and away they go. Wicklow Brave is tanking along for Paul Town in the coming there very strongly now and Wicklow Brave sweep past the whole field in the county. Hello and welcome along to the Long Shot Value podcast with myself, Liam Lenehan, and the founder and creator of At Long Shot Value on Twitter, Aidan O'Hara. Welcome along, Aidan. Thanks, Liam. Um, Looking forward to Cheltenham. Yeah, Cheltenham is on the on the cards here today. It's our second Cheltenham preview. Um, a very different preview this year. Aidan, you've been going to Cheltenham for 12 years in a row since 2008. It's the first year you're not going this year. No crowds going to be at Cheltenham. What impact do you think that will have on, on the festival? Um, the race in itself, I don't think it's going to make much different. I'm still looking forward to watching this, that kind of thing. I mean, it's not going to be, we're not going to be there, so we're missing the, you know, the best sporting occasion of the year. So I'd say it's like an All-Ireland every 30 minutes for four days. It, it, I mean, it's brilliant, and the atmosphere is amazing. We'll miss that. But in terms of the race in itself, I'm still looking forward to it. It's very competitive. You know, It's the best race of the year. That isn't going to change that much. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think it's where we find ourselves with sport in general, that we've been watching so much sport without fans that we've kind of adjusted to not having the crowds there, not having the noises there. But when it comes down to what you want to watch, it is whether it's the race or the match or the game, you're still in trial and that. So, yeah, you've got your your four days of racing coming up. Um, but on, on and the racing show- is actually easier. It's, it's less, it's not as different with no crowd when you're watching on the television because you're always pointing away from the crowd. It's not as noticeable compared to empty stands at football matches, rugby matches, things like that. Yeah, no, very true. Very true. And on today's show, we're going to have a look about, look at all the different, um, the, the, Aiden has tagged us the favourites problem for this year. Also going to have a look at, obviously no bookies at the track this year. And then we're going to have a breakdown of, of the races for the four days racing. So coming up first, we're going to start talking about um, the favourites problem that we have this year. Okay, so this year, um, I mean, more so than previous years, when you're someone like me or us, we're looking for, uh, you know, decent priced horses. There's an awful lot of short price favourites this year and a lot of compelling cases for them in that a lot of them are going to be difficult to beat, which is going to reduce the amount of races where, you know, there's value to be had, specifically for win terms anyway. I mean, um, we're going to do, I mean, we'll, we'll do what we can and I tend to, concentrating handicaps anyway and things like that which aren't affected don't have short price um short prices but this year in particular there's seven eight uh, very short price favorites you'd imagine maybe half a dozen or those are going to win it looks like anyway so uh, it may probably make it a little bit more difficult there's less races to try and get your big price winner in than there would have been other years you know which leaves if you're looking for a 16 to 1 shot or something like that and you've maybe if you have 20 goes at it rather than 28, it's not as a slight less chance, but we'll see what we'll do anyway. And in terms of obviously at the track this year, there's obviously no, no bookies because they're not going to be not going to be um, fans there. Uh, what difference does that make in the morning of the races? Obviously, for people who would typically go, how is that going to fare for people who won't be at the festival? Well, I mean, most people anyway who'd be into racing. You know, I'd be be looking at it all the time. Would have online accounts, I suppose. So, so in that case, you know, they're going to be fine. You kind of feel for um, 
you know, maybe an older crowd who are used to going to the bookies every morning, doing their bets for Tottenham, maybe going to the pub and watching it or watching it at home. It's going to be difficult for maybe an older generation to get their bets on. They're probably going to be dependent on, you know, someone else to get them on for them or try and explain how to log, how to, you know, who to who to open an account with, what to open, that kind of thing. That's going to make it difficult for possibly the older generation, we'll say. I mean, if I, I'm obviously a small punter anyway, if you're a large punter during Tottenham, you know, you could, you'd have no problem getting a decent bet on in the bookies. They're all open and you can go around and do whatever you like. But if you're, we'll say, any kind of a winning punter, you, you'll get a bigger bet on in Tottenham than you normally would, but not... You know, if your account is, you know, restricted, it's probably going to be restricted to Cheltenham as well. That'll be the kind of problem. It won't affect us because it doesn't tend to affect long price horses much anyway. You know, these restrictions and often the restrictions are restricted to a level that be my normal bet anyway. So it doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely very different this year for for lots of people. Like you just said, yeah, that older generation is not something that everyone might be thinking about access to devices and online accounts, but hopefully. Their friends and family will help them get their few bets on, but maybe their friends and family don't know that they put the few bets on every year for Cheltenham and the size of the bets to put on. That could be another problem. I know someone yeah, close to home who could be impacted. There is. There's a few. You know, it is going to be. It's something people are looking forward to. And they tend to, you know, you'd see people, they'd be saving up to have decent bets during Cheltenham and they'd be either on the course, you know, they could be having 10 times the size bets at Cheltenham they'd be having, you know, on a normal Saturday and they save up all year for whether they're going or not. And that's going to be difficult, I, I think, for, you know, an older, I, I'm saying older generation, but like barely older than me, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I can remember it being a big week when I was in college as well. The couple of the boys I used to live with used to just be in the bookies for the week of Cheltenham. Like they would only be put maybe small bets on, but it was a big week even for, for those lads as well, you know. So it's going to be quite different this year that no one, there's not going to be that kind of same buzz around in the, in the bookies per se. Um, no. but obviously in on, onto the racing um, obviously day one on Tuesday first race the Arkle what have you been looking at there well um, Darver Star is one that I had picked a kind of long time ago he's a high class hurdler he was third in the champion hurdle last year his first couple of runs over fences were decent and he was improving his jumping he was poor the last time um, but I, I don't think I'm going to change my mind that the long term forecast in Cheltenham is for good ground. This horse definitely like good ground, and he has Cheltenham farm, which is important. He is up against you know two possibly of the best horses in the festival. But the bet I like here is uh, with Paddy Power, he, he's actually he's 20 to 1 without Shiskin. Shiskin is one of the hot price, uh, one of the shortest price favorites at the festival, and each way without Siskin, I think on good ground and the fact that he'll come up the hill with Cheltenham Farm, 20 to 1 without Siskin is good value. It's probably better value than just going with, the, say, 33 to 1 uh, win on its own. I'm not sure whether he's a likely winner, but I, I think he certainly has a chance on good ground um, of finishing behind Siskin at 20 to 1 as value. So it's one of my earlier picks. And it's possible, you know, his last run was poor, but it was on very heavy ground. And I'm just going to ignore that run. Okay. And m- moving on, obviously, we've also got the champion hurdle on the Tuesday. What are your feelings for that? And uh, the big race, first big race of the um, the day. Um, this changed in the last couple of weeks with a, a very good performance from Honeysuckle, who's now the favourite. Um, and 
got and ran this weekend looked very good as well. It had looked like it was going to be a poor race, and I was kind of thinking that Boover Dare, who won it a couple of years ago and has won it twice, was value at 20 to 1 each way. But he has, I think, more horses to beat than I thought he would. So the, the race has improved. The only thing I, I the horse I like in it, specifically if the ground is going to be good, is Sharjah is still he he's he, he's a fast horse, he's possibly the quickest horse there. So if we get good ground. He was second last year on soft ground. He's definitely better on good ground. I mean, he's 16 to 1. That's value. Um, I'm not sure. I wouldn't go each way, really, on any of these. There's, there's probably too many very decent horses to beat here, and Honeysuckle is going to run to a certain level anyway. So at the moment, I like um, Sharjah uh, win only about 16 to 1, and, and we're hoping for a good ground there, which the kind of long-term forecast indicates good ground there. We'll look at two more races on, on the Tuesday. We've got um, the Mayor's Hurdle up next, and you think there could be a possibility of a big price placer? Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at this Manella Melody, who uh, you know has some very decent farm. Went off favour for the no- Mayor's Novice last year. Didn't run that well, but has run well behind the favourite here, Concertista, a couple of times in Ireland, and has been rested since. I just think she's going to be primed for a big run. Again, it's a bit like the champion hurdle in that the race has got stronger in the last week than I kind of thought it would. I kind of assumed the second favourite, Roxana, um, wouldn't be going. And and it looks like now Roxana's going and Verdana Blue, who I actually could fancy in this as well. But I'll still go with um, Minella Melody. She she could possibly improve here and offer break. And 20 to 1, none or no bet, it, it seems good value. I kind of, I, if the ground is good, which it should be again, as I was saying before, Verdana Blue is a high class horse on good ground and she's 14 to 1, which also could be valued there. Th- those are the two I'd be interested in at the moment, anyway. And last one we'll look at on the Tuesday is, is the Boodle. St. Sam is what you're, what you're thinking here. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not the only one thinking that, but he, he does look like. To me, he looks like the most likely winner. He's particularly his last run when he was second at the Dublin Racing Festival. I mean, he went from the front, he was too free. And I thought it was very good that he still stayed on for a second. He's got a reasonable mark. This is a handicap. He's got a reasonable mark as well. We'll see what the UK, the UK handicapper tends to add a few pounds to the um, Irish horses when they come over. So if he adds the normal four or five here, it'll still be a decent mark. I think he could go off quite short. I, to me, he looks like a proper, uh, nearly grade one, four-year-old. I mean, none or no, no bet you're getting seven, eight to one. That, that to me, that's decent enough value. So I'm probably not going to change my mind on him anyway. He, to me, he looks like ours is going to improve, particularly with a faster run race at the festival. He, you know, to me, he's going to be, he's going to be shorter price favorite. He's going to go off maybe three, four to one. I'd say. So that brings us to, I suppose, the end of what we look at for, for day one, the Tuesday. Typically, Aidan, you've finished up your day, first day of race when you're at the festival and you're, you're facing into the Wednesday. What typically would you be doing the night before the second day in Cheltenham? Would you hit, hit, hit back into town for a few drinks or would you stay at the course? I know there's normally a bit of entertainment out there. No, no, we never stay at the course. We, we go walk straight out. Uh, we've been getting the buses the last few years. It's so, I used to never want to get the buses, but they're so well organised, you know, mm. and there's so many you're back into town in 10 minutes you're getting something to eat you know there's 
the, the you know the enter the pubs and stuff around Cheltenham are it's excellent you know socially it's it's brilliant it's every bit as good or better than Galway which I used to have experienced before but it's excellent we we wouldn't be staying at the course we'd leave after the last race hopefully wait to collect our winnings and then go. <laughs> Okay, looking into into the second day on the Wednesday, obviously the the champion chase is the, is the big one here, Aidan. What what are you thinking? Yeah, here, um, I mean, Shakan Parswa looks a, looks very hard to beat. Um, now he has never done it around Cheltenham. The horse I like here is I probably still like Aditor, who's won it twice before. Now he's having a break before this race, but he seems the most likely if Shakan doesn't perform. He, to me, he seems like he's going to, he gets up the hill better than anything. He can often look in trouble. And, you know, 7 8 1 is reasonable value. I, I'm not sure I'm going to make any changes there. It, there's one, a, a, one of my old favorite horses, So Royale. If the ground is proper good ground, um, he's probably going to get into a place here at 20 25 to 1. That's value as well. But I'm going with Altior um, at 7 8 to 1. I mean, it's probably. Hard overhead a little bit. Shakan is going to be very hard to beat, but in that race, I'm going. For, it's one. It's going to be a great race anyway. And if Shakan performs like he did at Dublin Race Festival, he looks a very high class horse, and it's going to be well worth a watch anyway. But I'm going to go with Altior. And obviously, next one on on, on the Wednesday, the cross country chase, Tiger Roll. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, now. People have been. Um, Tiger Roll ran at the weekend. He travelled fine. Uh, he did get tired. The ground was soft. Um, it's just I think he 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 might still be a bit of value here. Which remember last year, Easyland beat him, right? But they were miles clear of everything else. So Tiger Roll doesn't actually need to be at his best to have a solid chance of winning this. Now Easyland has been under a bit of a cloud. He hasn't run. He's run once this year and he was also pulled up and he's very short for a horse with that profile who hasn't really done anything this year. If Easyland isn't, you know, back to his best, it's, it's difficult to see other horses that even a 90% Tiger Roll shouldn't be able to beat. So I'm thinking that maybe eight to one is value for Tiger Roll there. Specifically non-runner no bet, because if he turns up, there's no hope he's going off at eight to one. He's going off at uh, three, four to one, no matter what. Uh, where if he's not right, they probably won't send him anyway. And then you know you get your money back. So the, the bet there is, uh, I think he's available seven to one, non-runner no bet. That looks value to me. And when you're sitting there just before that race starts, if he's there, He's not going to be seven to one. He's going to be three or four to one at the most. And you're up against a favourite that hasn't run in a few months. And I mean, looks like he's going to be there, but we can't be sure of that either. So when when do you think you know when he's going to be there or not in the next couple of days? When do you know if he's going to travel or not? Typically, oh no, it'll be it'll be the the week before, unless something is wrong. The, you know, it, you'll know the like. You know, the Thursday or Friday before Cheltenham. But it doesn't matter. The, the beauty of non-runner no bet is you can take that value now, knowing that if he runs, he's going to be shorter. And if he doesn't run, you're going to get your money back. That's it. That's non-runner no bet thing. It's, it's, it's important to get a few of those on that what look like decent prices, you know? Yeah, very good, very good. On to, on to day three, obviously on the Thursday. Um, first up, Aiden, you're, you're keen to have a look here at, at the Ryanair Chase. Yeah, the Ryanair Chase. Now, I love... Um, Melon in this, I think he's going to run. I mean, he has a two runs over three miles in Ireland. 
I mean, both of them were decent enough. Uh, specifically at Christmas, where he, when he went off in front, he looked very good and finished a very good third in a really high-class race, probably the best Trey Montez ran this year. Um, I think he's going to... Um, he, he ran again then at the Dublin Race Festival, but they, they held him up, which didn't suit, and he, he more or less spat the dummy out and, and really didn't perform at all. Mellon has a very good record in Cheltenham. Okay, he said he's been second four times out of four, but no matter what, it's an excellent record in Cheltenham, and he's been close to winning a couple of times, very high-class races. I think he's going to go off in front here, and I think he's going to be very hard to catch. I think Alaho is overrated. Min had a bad fall the last time. Now, Min would be way the most likely winner of this, but the fall he had last time didn't look great, and I'd be... Fairly strong that Mellon is almost certain to run up to his usual Cheltenham form. And I'm not sure this race is as good as other Ryanair's. I'm not sure Alaho is, is what he's cracked up to be. And if Min isn't right, Mellon is the most likely winner. And, you know, you can get 10 to 1 on him, and that's good value. None under no bet. Um, it's a Paddy Power, he's 10 to 1. I think that's great value. I, I think on the day, he's a very likely winner of it. So that's one of my, uh, you know, better bets, I think. And obviously for the stairs hurdle, you you think the storyteller? You think that's you've seen best form of yeah, his life. Um, fancy him? Yeah, the, the storyteller is actually he's a chaser um, in the main. But I mean, he ran in the Irish. Uh, he ran at the, the Dublin Racing Festival over three miles, and God, I thought he ran really well. Considering he jumped, I mean, I, I made a comment. He jumped a bit like a wardrobe, which he did. Which he's used to jumping fences. He jumped too high. He was slow over his hurdles. But he still beat a lot of the other um, Irish contenders to finish second in that race behind the horse that got way up front, Flooring Porter. He's also in the form of his life. He's definitely the best form he's ever been, even though he's a 10-year-old. If he translates that to hurdles, um, you know, you're going to be, it's going to look like a decent bit. He's going to travel really well. Um, and he gets up the hill as well. He was second um, behind Sire de Burley last year in the handicap. I just think he's better than ever. And if he's better than ever, um, he's not going to be far away here. And and he's going to you're going to be coming down to last on a 20 to 1 shot that's going to be traveling really well. And it's a question of, you know, will he finish well? And if he's better this year than he has been, he definitely has a great chance here. And that's a 20 to 1 shot. And in the plate, Aiden, there's a few good price horses here. You think there's some real, real value? No, this is my, um, well, I mean, I had been thinking of one of these more or less all year um, since he ran um, at Christmas in Cheltenham. Now, hold on. My main selection is Benatar. Benatar was a looked like a, a high class horse a couple of years ago, but he had been he's been out for about eighteen months. But he ran then again at Christmas over the same course and distance, and. I mean, he pulled too hard. Everything went wrong. He pulled way too hard. And um, he still ran, finished well to finish third. I think he's going to improve massively. And uh, I'm convinced that he, he, even though he, he actually ran again two weeks ago, but on heavy ground with too much weight, which wouldn't have suited him in Sandown. But on decent ground around Cheltenham over this trip, at the moment, he's 33 to 1 with five places, non-runner, no bet, in like Paddy Power and a couple of other places, I think that's the best value bet at the festival. 
he has he's always run well in those two mile five handicaps around Cheltenham course farm he just has a bit of class and I was really delighted with his last run so he, he is I if he goes there he's definitely not dirt straight to one shot so I, I, that's my my main handicap thought of the festival so let's hope he gets there and um I'm pretty sure he's going to run well. You know, I'm, I'm almost certain. I mean, I, I'm finding it difficult to have him out of the, the five. If, you know, without a fall or something like that, I can't see him out of the five. So I have that. I have another one as well. Unfortunately, two of my better handicap bets are in the same um, race. But Mr. Whitaker was um, third in this last year, finishing fast. He ran. He didn't run after that. He's only come back um, there last week where... He really wasn't put into the race. It looked like he was, you know, being set up for a, a run down the road, which is this race. I mean, he, he's 25 to 1 on or no bet. God, I really can't see him out of the five places there either. I mean, he's a low mileage horse. He hasn't had that many runs, but he has won over the course and distance and he's nearly placed every time he's run over this particular course and distance, two mile five around Cheltenham. Looks excellent value. Now, I mean, I'm picking two slightly older horses there i'm sort of ignoring the new ones but i don't see of the the younger horses i don't really see anything that sticks out you know that could be two very solid good price horses like those two those are my two bets for that race and i'd be be very confident in in both having a real shot at big price and finally on the thursday the, the mayor's novice hurdle hookups one yeah I, i'm like a lot of people um hookups run last time um against the geldings dublin race festival it's easily the best uh mayor's novice hurdle farm of the year and she's an ideal profile for this race and she's loads of runs she's very experienced in comparison to a lot of the um runners in this I don't know. I think she could go off very short when eventually, because the other, the, the three that are behind her in the betting, to me, they all look much of a muchness and they ran against each other and I didn't see a lot of difference between any of them. I think hookup is improving. I think that's easily the best mayor's novice farm and she could actually go off quite short. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she went off more like two to one. She's a six, seven to one at the moment. At a bigger price, I kind of like Mighty Blue as well, who, who should be suited by better ground. Um, and she ran well against some of the the likes of Royal Kahala and Galois earlier on this year. Um, I think she could improve, and I'm interested in her as well, and she's a big price, but I, I'm not the only one who thinks hookup is a, a decent bet at the moment, but I just feel she could go off much shorter. Aiden, on the Friday, then it's the final day. You're, you're down. Let's say you're down after the first few days and you're looking at the Gold Cup. Where do you think you can make your money back? Or is there opportunities or enough value in, in the Gold Cup for what you're thinking to, to make some money back? Um, uh, generally, me, our record on a Friday is better than any other uh, day. So I've, I've, I've often been down on, on the coming into the Friday. Now, they have moved to Grand Daniel, which is our best race over the you know 10 or 12 years. We've had numerous huge price winners of his place and two placers last year, 40 to 1 and 50 to 1. I mean, it has that race has got us over a hole on numerous occasions. It's after being moved, unfortunately, to the Wednesday. But um, the Gold Cup itself, um, actually, having a great record in it. I, it's a, it's a, it's the race has improved in the last week or so with Champ 
Um, Tamp ran really well over two miles this weekend. Aplutard looks very solid. Royal Pagal. Um, I think it's possibly between those four. It's hard to pick out anything at a big price that can get close. Um, looking down, I don't, I don't really see anything. It, I mean, album photo is going for his third win in a row. Terminate best mate in Arca. Uh, he's three to one. Not sure whether that's value or not. Possibly is. It'd be great to see anyway to see a horse win three gold cups in a row. I'm feeling that blue tired might be the biggest threat. Uh, he finished so well in the Irish Gold Cup. Um, he bought mine to good ground. He's a quick horse. He's won over two miles. It, it's a great race to watch. Uh, on the day, I'm not sure. I might have a small bet on that blue tired at the moment, possibly. But um, looks a very good race. And final race we're going to look at on the Friday is the Mayor's Chase. Yeah, I like one here. I think... Um, I'll just find it here now. I think that Shattered Love has possibly been prepared for this race since, you know, they know it is going to be on. Um, now, the favourite is Ellie May. Ellie May beat Shattered Love over two miles there a couple of weeks ago. But I thought Shattered Love caught the eye a little bit. She stayed on well. This is over a longer trip. She has really good Cheltenham Festival form. She won the JLT, as it was called, a couple of years ago and won it really well. I think on good ground around Cheltenham, she looks she looks to have an excellent chance. I, there's a couple of horses near the top of the betting that aren't going to be going. Calrevi may or may not go. Put the, put the kettle on isn't going to go. I mean, I think it comfortably makes Shattered Love at least the second best horse in the race. And I think she may be able to turn the tables on Ellie May, who beat her a couple of weeks ago around Cheltenham on good ground. Uh, I'd have to imagine. The minute I heard there was going to be a mare's chase, uh, this, that was the first horse that came to mind. Shattered Love, I'm sure Gordon Elliott has had this plan since the day he knew there was going to be this new race and she will be ready to run for her life. Um, and that, you know, you can get 10, 11 to 1. Looks excellent value. I, I just think she's going to perform um, in this race. And I would not be surprised if she turned the tables on um, on the favourite Ellie May here. I mean, Magical Light is kind of interesting at a big price as well. She's second to Grand Nash. She definitely stayed, but she does go over a short turn. She's about 20 to 1. But um, no, I'm, I'm going to be going with um, Shattered Love. All right, Aidan, thanks for that. Um, coming up next, we're going to just go to a couple of questions that we've got in from some people who follow you on at Longshot Value and also on the Tipster Forum, um, farmforum.com. So, Aidan, you got a question in from Frankie57. Um, what is this year's Wicklow Brave? Is the first question. And what is the... What's the next one he asked, Aidan? What is the... What's your nap for Cheltenham? I mean, yeah. this year's Wicklow Brave is... Um, yeah, there's not many. Uh, maybe three or four times in the last 10 or 15 years there's been something like that. Um, Bars and Wicklow Brave. I had one this year um, that fell and then won the race after by an absolute street. But... You don't get many like that. This year's Wick, if there is a Wick Club Brave this year, it's Benatar in the uh, the place at 33 to 1. It's like a bit like Wick Club Brave, and I have thought of nothing else for like six months, you know. And I mean, there is a negative in the poor run lately, but if there is one, it's it's uh, it's going to be Benatar, the Napa de Festival, so I suppose that's it. Um, 
he's also asking what's my lay of the meeting um god it's very difficult to um to come up with a lid there's an awful lot of favorites i'm not one really for massive lays people are the, the opposite of a lay I, I see that everyone wants to get appreciated in the supreme hurdle first he's one of the short price favorites it's the first race of the festival but in actual fact, I, I'm not seeing anything that can beat him. So I, I, he's most people's lay at the festival, but I'm going to do the opposite and say I don't think he's a lay at all. I, I just can't see. It looks a really poor race. He seems a typical, strong William Mullins novice, and I think he'd go from the front and won't be seen. But anyway, so I don't really have a, a lay at the festival. Um, next next one in from Darren Doyle. On, he tweeted into at Longshot Value. What's your opinion when one you fancy is backed? How short does it have to get before you think the value is gone? Okay, well, I'm generally putting something up I, I, because I think it's around 15, 20% too big. So say Benatar. Now, I think Benatar on the day is more than 15, 20%. So say I'm saying back him at, tw- at 33 to one with five places. I'd be really happy to back him at 25 to one with five places or on the day you'll get maybe 20 to one with six places in that race. I'd be happy with that. In general, if I'm putting something up at 33 to one, I'll be happy enough at 25 to one, a fifth of place, but I won't want to back it at 20 to one. You know what I mean? That'd be kind of general thing. Or if I put something up at 20s, I might consider that 16s, but I won't back at anything under that. Generally, you're looking at the reason I'm putting them up is because I think there's a 15 to 20% margin in the between the correct price and the price he is. So the, you know, you're looking at something like that, say 15%. And then obviously the couple of weeks in the lead in into in Cheltenham, you're going to be tweeting from at Longshot Value and also the week of the festival. Like, what is what can you what can change? I suppose in those few days beforehand, do you ever see more value coming online, or is is it generally the value always kind of seems to go down? Or have you seen before a couple of ones your bigger ones have actually got got even more value as the, as the week got closer? Oh yeah, no, that happens regularly enough. Um, Cheltenham is a hugely competitive market you know a hugely competitive race meet and you will get value and i mean i've put up i don't many horses i've mentioned there but realistically there's five or six or seven horses that i've already backed and that kind of thing um but i'll i'll, I'll be back i mean i don't i'm not sure i want to be telling everyone to do this but i do back horse in every race so um just because i love telling them um all the, hand, the handicaps in particular there is definitely going to be value in those handicaps. And I, I'm going to be picking other horses in those um, because on the day in Cheltenham, you're going to get maybe six places. It's so competitive. Um, I mean, you'd want the difference. This is you want to set up a reasonable number of online betting accounts so you can get the best value. I mean, people like Sky Better are often doing seven places. Bet365 are possibly the best bookie. They have good place terms and that kind of thing. But you want to give yourself options, but definitely Cheltenham is the one place every year there's going to be value in every race because it's the most competitive um, for bookmakers for the whole year. That's They want to get the money in. You'll get all sorts of special offers. You, you know, So if you like some of those sharp price favorites and you're a relatively small punter like me, you're going to be able to get your 20 quid on at a much bigger price the morning of a race than you would have thought. 
because someone like say Skybet is going to give you a 20 euro free bet uh, you know if the favourite loses so you get your money back they've been doing that in the first race of each day you, you take advantage of all those I, I'll take advantage of all those things and you're getting a free bet during Cheltenham it's not like you're not going to use it you know, you're going to be using it for the week so there's a there's a couple of hundred in these kind of free bets money back this kind of thing over the week which is actually kind of important you know especially if your maximum bet is kind of between 10 and 20 quid which is probably most people you know other than it's probably most people is around that there's plenty of offers to take and i'd be taking them yeah, well, stay tuned to at Longshot Value to Aiden on Twitter. He'll be tweeting in the build up to Tetlam, but also on the on the, the days of the of the race as well. And it'll be a bit different this year. You'll have a bit more time in when you'll be sitting at home on the couch watching it this year. You won't be caught up in the the hustle of the bustle of of Cheltenham itself. So, thanks very much sure. for joining me this evening, Aiden. Thank you, Liam. And we might be back um, with another another show in in the coming weeks, and maybe we might do a bit of a a revisit to Cheltenham, depending how how things go, Aiden. If you have a couple of winners or not. <laughs> definitely well, no, we'll do a review of it yeah. alright have a good evening everyone we'll Thanks, talk to you then. soon take care thank you Wicklow Brave he's tanking along for Paul Town in the coming there very strongly now and Wicklow Brave sweep past the whole field in the county